Welcome to the Rush Hour. Your daily dose of pop culture and entertainment news for your Rush Hour ride. Work sucks, but your commute doesn't have to. Buckle up and enjoy the drive with your host, stand-up comedian and power recapper, Dave Neal. Hello, everybody. Happy hump day this afternoon. It's January 3rd, 2024. And boy, the content keeps coming. We've got so much to get into. I have updates on the Brian Abasolo possible blindside of Rachel Lindsay in the divorce heard round the nation. Bachelor nation, that is. I've got bachelor adjacent content which is Love is Blind. That's coming up to you next. I've also got some thoughts on Golden Bachelor and a former Bachelor Bachelorette announces a new podcast will be starting. So I know what you've all been saying in the new year of 2024. What we need are more podcasts by Bachelor alumni. Well, guess what? You got more podcasts by me. No one's complaining there, are you? I've got two a day, baby. That's right. We'll get you to work. We'll get you back pretty soon. We'll be your bathroom break podcast. We're just going to cover it all. Who needs a 30-minute lunch break? I've got you covered. Let's get into it. First story of the day, Love is Blind's Renee Polk forced me, she says, the show forced her to match with Violent Addict and is suing Netflix. Love is Blind contestant Renee Polk, Polk or Poach? Poach says the producers behind the Netflix reality show paired her with a walking red flag and are trying to bankrupt her for speaking out. So now she's suing Renee, who appears in season five of the popular popular reality dating show is going after Netflix and Love is Blind production company Delirium TV, claiming they matched her with a lying, violent, emotionally unstable drug addict and forced her to spend long stretches alone with him despite her concerns. According to the lawsuit obtained by TMZ, Renee says her predetermined match, Carter Wall, was unemployed, addicted to drugs and alcohol, estranged from his family, homeless, violent, and dead broke when producers matched them up for the cameras. Yeah, the producers are like, so are you available to shoot with us next month? And the guy's like, I'm very available. (laughs) Will there be housing provided? In the show, contestants go to separate pods to meet their dates, flirting and conversing through speakers while unable to see the other person. So yeah, that's unfortunate, uh, but she's clearly uh, feels like she was violated. We'll let the courts decide. Uh, She says production put her through a rigorous background check and claims Delirium must have known about Carter's troubling issues and mental instability. She says she became terrified to spend time with him, but claims producers forced them to film together for long periods. Renee claims Carter was emotionally abusive on and off camera, heavily abused drugs and alcohol, and physically threatened a camera operator in Mexico. She says producers threatened her with legal action if she did not move forward with the engagement. And when they got to his Texas hometown, producers warned her to ensure Carter had no access to firearms or weapons because they were concerned he would hurt Renee himself or others. Wild story, folks. Well, we will keep you up to date on this story as news breaks. Absolutely crazy. All right. I'm going to get to some Nick Vile news right after we read a quick word from our sponsor today, which is Factor. Get started on your resolution with Factor. So you're ready for the new year. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Skip the grocery store prep work and cooking fatigue. Get chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. With over 35 meals to choose from per week, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, plus over 55 weekly add-ons, you'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options to kickstart 
your resolutions. So, yep, that's right. And, a, and also, along with this, a nice a little bonus they have here. If you need special occasion meals, Gourmet Plus is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. Maybe you want an, a special occasion meal for tomorrow night's Golden Bachelor wedding. Well, you can, it's too late for that for this one. But in the future, you can use our code. Head to factormeals.com slash rushhour50 and use code RUSHHOUR50 to get 50% off. That's code RUSHHOUR50 at factormeals.com slash RUSHHOUR50 to get 50% off. All right, we appreciate them sponsoring us. Helps us make all this amazing content. And let's jump right into the Brian Abasolo update. I'm going to share with you the moment on Nick Viles' podcast that Natalie Joy, his co-host, co-lover, and co-habitant of their baby, uh, unborn baby, she's pregnant, is what I'm trying to say. She's on the show. It aired today, but I guess filmed yesterday. And this is the moment that they learned Brian Abasolo filed for divorce from Rachel. Have a listen. Rachel, Lindsay, and Brian also filed for divorce. Abasolo. <gasps> Breaking news. Yeah. What? 11 minutes ago. Allie just sent it to me. Oh, my God. She, she is just on here. She was just here. Oh, I'm sorry Hello. to hear. I'm she was saying, just here and she literally was just like, yeah, like we've, we're great. Like we, cause well, I was like, you don't expect anyone to no, I guess. say otherwise when they're no, not. No, I know. But, but like, oh my God. I mean, if she would have came on here and said, well, you know, like. We're probably going to file for divorce soon. <laughs> or even if she was like, you know, you know, like relationships are really hard and you know, who knows what the future holds. I will say, I think it's interesting the, so it's an E! News post that just broke 10 minutes ago and it, it phrases it, Brian files for divorce from Rachel. Oh. And of course, it also shared that he's seeking spousal support. What does all of that mean? Well, here's what we know from Rachel Lindsay. She has changed her name on Instagram from Rachel Lindsay Abasolo to Rachel Lindsay. Uh, will the real Rachel Lindsay please stand up? Now, look, we don't know anything about this story, but the fact that he filed and there wasn't a joint statement bad PR looks. I don't think it takes a PR genius to know this is a bad way for an amicable breakup, which makes you wonder why is it not amicable? If it, the law, well, I will find out what happened. You know, I mean, we're going to get down to business here because clearly there's more to be said. Rachel Lindsay, as of the recording of this podcast, has yet to say, you know, speak on the matter about what might have gone down in their relationship. As far as possible spousal support, here's some interesting comments. Because it's like, look, as non-lawyers, we can go, oh, this is awful. What are you talking about? How could you possibly? But, you know, when we talk to measured lawyers who know a thing or two about how these things work, we get a little bit of a different story. I'm going to share what some people think might be going on after a quick word from our sponsors. So when I read stuff that I don't know much about, like uh, spousal support, you know, when I when I read that Brian Abasolo is asking for spousal support, I think the the reactive side wants to say, why is he want her money, blah blah blah. But but the critical thinking side of me goes, I don't really know what that means. Maybe this is very common 
in in divorces to set a precedent that you're, I, I, tr I truly don't know. But now we have word in our comment section, which by the way, is littered with amazing litigators. That's right. We've got so many lawyers in our community. I want to thank them all for joining the Patreon. Uh, you got that extra cash as a lawyer? Patreon.com slash Dave Neal. And here we have a lawyer saying this. I've been practicing divorce law for over 16 years. Okay, first of all, you sound way more credible than me. You've done this for 16 years. She said, it's very common for attorneys to recommend asking for attorney fees and alimony in the petition for leverage in the negotiation process or if the case goes to trial. If a prenuptial agreement was not signed, this couple has accumulated marital assets, growth on premarital investment policies, joint real estate, funds in bank accounts, etc. Even though they've only been married for four years, it's not uncommon for spouses to argue over the distribution of those assets. Regarding alimony, there could be a legitimate claim for a rehabilitative alimony if, like Dave said, Brian sacrificed his career earning capacity to increase Rachel's earning capacity. There are three different types of alimony. Hopefully a prenup was signed and they'll get it settled quickly. Yeah, look, here's the deal. I'm only saying hypotheticals. If there's a scenario in which one member of a marriage, whether it's the bride or the groom, it doesn't really matter. If there's one person who puts the career on pause for the other person and the other person's career takes off, you would think at the point where the career took off, if that lines up with the point where they got married, that you would think that one party would be entitled to some profits from the other party. If, um, like, take take my podcast here. If, if I say, honey, quit your job, quit your job, I'm going to crush it as a podcaster, and now my wife primarily cooks lunches, puts the diapers on the dog, does all of the laundry, and she just stays at home. If she's there facilitating my dreams and helping my dreams can come true, isn't she entitled to a healthy percentage of the profits that I have made in that time period? I don't know how it works. when you, it Definitely when you have kids, when you don't have kids, people say, oh, no kids, he shouldn't be asking for anything. I'm not saying this is the case, but if he had a law office in Miami that was making $300,000 a year. And he, you know, moves to LA because she needs to be here because she's working at extra at the time and has her podcast out here. If he can prove that he moved for her and say, now he only makes 150,000 a year. Well, that, that's 150k a year he sacrificed by moving his office, not to mention what did it cost to move his company? I, you know, I went to his clinic, some of his equipment would, you know, must, you know, would require freight elevators to get it in. I mean, massive stuff. Did it cost him $50,000 to move it all across the country? How much, you know, all of these questions, I don't have the answer to them, but I think it's fair to hold off on judgment uh, until we know what exactly Brian is asking for. In a world that wants equality, we have to look at this in a way and say, look, Rachel was the star of the show. She made all of the money. He was the uh, contestant who was on it for free. Uh, did she get more lucrative deals after the show? And if so, now that they're married, is he entitled to some of that? I don't have the answer, but it looks like it's not too rare that he's asking for money, in which case we love to call out when there's possible 
uh, sort of gender uh, issues where we're not being fair, right? Again, I don't know if that's the case. We'll have to see. Now, some are arguing that there might be subtle shade from Chris Harrison and Lauren on regarding Rachel's divorce. Lauren Zima posted this. She posted, the new year is starting off strong love at Chris B. Harrison. And it's a video of them clinking daiquiris on the beach, clearly on vacation. Now, my guess is this has nothing to do with Rachel Lindsay, but at the same time, that would be real shade if they were like, oh, who won this one? Um, Again, Rachel Lindsay in part was the catalyst. I'm not I'm not even uh, offering an opinion, but she was a catalyst in her interview of Chris Harrison that led to his demise. Um, whether or not uh, you think she was just doing her job or or more than that, I you, you know my thoughts. I think the main reason Chris Harrison lost his job is because he didn't go on a show that provided him enough time to litigate his point. So he was sort of making half-assed points. Oh, the woke police, this, or, you, you know, this, times are, who knew? It's two years ago, this would have been all of those points. If he had been on a show that maybe had an hour-long conversation, maybe he would have made those points in a way that weren't so offensive to some, but it's, 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 it's in part, you know, uh, a product of the, the, uh, mainstream media that wants these three minute interviews. Now, don't get me wrong. They literally did have like a 15 or 20 minute interview. So I'm not there to, to, to state all the blame is on that, but I do think the best way to, uh, to understand your point and to get your point across is podcasting, not, those media companies. And as the de facto uh, speaker for Bachelor, he, of course, lost his job over that crazy chaos that existed. Let's just not pretend like the actual executive producers of The Bachelor are better off. He was the sacrificial lamb, whether you want to pretend that he it was deserved, or whether you believe it was deserving or not is a different uh, opinion there. But of course, there is for sure ill will between Chris Harrison and Rachel Lindsay. I'll tell you that much. All right, well, Nick Viles in the news launches a... Uh, company. I, I guess he has had this company since he left Cast Media. It's called Envy Media Company, and it will produce a podcast hosted by Vanderpump Rules star Katie Maloney and Dana Cathan. I don't really know who Dana is, but uh, clearly they must have um, quite the chemistry if they're going to be hosting a podcast. Nick, as as uh, well, you know, the reason to have a media company is kind of like a landlord. I'm not necessarily for or against it. I always just recommend to people, if you have your own following, take 100% of the equity of your show. Uh, I don't know the deal here, but my guess is Nick's company will take a percentage, maybe 30%, maybe 50%. I'm truly not sure. Maybe 10% of the podcast dealings in exchange for having a media space where he controls the ad revenue. It's kind of a way to like batch negotiate brand deals and this and that. Now, as we know, Nick's podcast, Vile Files, was a part of Cast Media, who also had Jess Amber podcast. Um, I believe they had chatty broads, which turns into your mom and dad pod. Um, cast media has been in a multi-million dollar sort of, uh, uh, l- lawsuit really because they folded and lost people 
hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars in ad revenue. Now, I don't think Nick will fall. I'm sure Nick's a better businessman than the cast media people. Very smart from a business perspective. Like, look, he can only do so many episodes of his podcast a week, but by having equity in a company, he can then have other people share their audience and podcasts and make money off of them. Would I ever consider doing this? Maybe, but I, I kind of, as a comedian, I'm kind of a lone wolf. I think I would prefer to help coach people in how to do their own podcast versus being a landlord. I, I'm not calling Nick scummy, but we know landlords can be scummy. We know it's like a way of you know, having the capital to pay for something so that someone else then pay, you know, whatever. Same thing with corporations. The bosses can be scummy because, you know, they're going to always do better than you are. So whatever deal they have there, you know, let's just know that Nick's, you know, taking a little bit of a risk by having his overhead, but he's going to make out on this one. And, you know, if he starts a network where he has 10 or 15 different podcasts, I mean, the, the dude could literally... Uh, like, you know, increase his net worth by a hundred X. I mean, that's truly where you make your money is, is having some ownership over uh, these different uh, shows. And my guess is, is he'll own the shows. They'll sort of get a deal out of it. And, um, and boy, there's a lot of money on the line. So smart move. I personally don't think I would want to do that just because I wouldn't want, um, you know, it's not all about the money and, and I, I don't want to run someone else's business. You know what I mean? I'd rather just do my own thing here. And, uh, and, and, and Hey, I, I, I accept that I might change my opinion there. All right. There have been a litany of new documents that have been released here regarding Clayton Eckert's paternity scandal. I've actually received a text message while I've been ranting. I'm going to read that text message after the break and get back to you with all of this new information. Essentially, the petitioner known as Janeth Doeth is filing motions to dodge a deposition. She does not want to speak under oath and we know why. Um, we're going to get to this whole story right after a quick word from our sponsors. And listen, guys, this is why you are subscribed to our podcast, because we are getting you the most up-to-date news. I mean, I'm talking, if you're on the Patreon, you're watching me make this podcast, I'm getting text messages, at, right? I'm literally looking at text messages with those little dot, dot, dot lines, the bubbles. They are coming in so fast, and I'm getting them right to you. So we, we made a video today that petitioner, aka Jane Doe, uh, for short, Janeth Doeth, Dodo Bird, the turd, uh, she is filing an expedited motion to quash deposition of petitioner. Now, I already made the long video, but essentially what this means is she is trying to get the judge to decide whether or not her case will be dismissed before January 17th, which is the agreed upon day in which Clayton's lawyers will depose her. Now, you've probably seen deposition videos before. It's usually like in some boardroom. I was deposed for a lawsuit where I was run over. And it's, it's actually funny. This happened five years ago. I have a chronic neck injury and I lost a lot of sleep last night over it. It just kind of comes back randomly. Uh, you know, you, you guys know if you've, if anyone's been in an accident, you understand neck issues. They just come randomly. Look the wrong way during a movie and you throw your neck out. So either way, I had the the in my case, I had the insurance company to post me. What they were trying to do is find out if I was credible or not, because if I was some wonky person, they knew they could have won in the court. But because, of course, hey, business school educated. Sure, it was a public school. Power recapper, clearly stand up comedian. I can speak into a microphone. I had no problem. Absolutely 
uh, acing my deposition. Will Jane Doe ace her deposition? My guess is no. She gets rattled very easily, as we've seen from the court videos. She's been caught in multiple lies in the sense that she's shared fault, uh, fraudulent uh, medical records, you know, sonograms that aren't hers. She claims people, you know, we, we have her in some ways mentioning this or it, you know, but it's always like she'll write back an email defending one point, but then leaving out all the medical fraud and all the other things that happened. If she is cross-examined, or I should say if she is deposed, it's going to be very hard for her to not address all of these things. And in these court cases, uh, you know, sometimes you only have 10 minutes to cross-examine. Well, what if we had two hours? What if we had two hours to ask her all of the questions that needed to be asked? Not good for her. No surprise, she wants to quash the deposition. So that's essentially what she filed. Now, what we know is Clayton's side, as this information comes in, has responded with multiple uh, responses uh, following their quash to dismiss the deposition. Uh, we don't know what the judge is going to decide. They have multiple decisions they can make. The judge can decide case dismissed now that she's not pregnant. She admits she isn't pregnant, case dismissed. In that case, she doesn't have to do the deposition. Uh, she could also decide, you know what, let's get this deposition on the record. And uh, the most interesting part of these papers is that, uh, um, is that Jane Doe's lawyer here said, oh, we don't need to rack up any unnecessary bills. Let's just do this. And it's so funny that when it comes to the truth coming out, Jane Doe no longer wants to uh, rack up legal fees. But when it's the guys that are defending themselves, Greg, Clayton, and now myself on February 8th in LA Superior Court, she has no problem racking up that bill. So I've heard from some attorneys here that are familiar with cases like this, and they say Jane Doe might have the record for the most attorney withdrawals. Um, now, her attorney, Lexi Linval, is still her attorney until the court grants the withdrawal, but as we reported earlier today, uh, the lawyer is trying to bounce. So there's going to be more information that comes out. It's just a legal tennis match here. Uh, one side dot drops their papers. The other side responds with theirs. I, hey, gay, this is democracy. This is the way it's supposed to be done. Um, all right, in some other news, tomorrow is the Golden Bachelor wedding. And I found this clip I'm going to share with you very interesting. This is Caitlin Bristow interviewing Golden Bachelor winner, Teresa, and Golden Bachelor, Gary, and she asked them about some of the internet hate, and uh, Gary's response is one that we can all learn from. Have a listen. Also, with fame comes the freaking rumors and headlines that are misconstrued and just so much crap, which I thought there's no way they're going to do that to like the Golden Bachelor, and a lot of times it's a bunch of bullshit. So how do you navigate awful people on the other side of media trying to take you guys down? You know, for a while, there were some of the things that, that we read that were bothersome. But as time goes totally. by, I realize I'm not yeah. going to give other people the power over me to make me unhappy. And I Good. saw online a simple little one of those proverbs. And the second slide said, allowing people to be wrong about you. And it's like, you know what? Yes. That's perfect. That's yeah, that's it's like right. these comments are wrong. The assumptions are wrong. Yep. Some of them yep. are pretty bizarre. I have read the craziest things about myself. I'm like, where did that even come yeah. from? How did you get there? When my kids read this yeah. and they give yeah. me grief about it, they said, Dad, we didn't know you were a janitor at a YMCA. <laughs> 
All right. So yes, always be okay with letting an audience be wrong about you. Uh, easier said than done, but great wisdom coming from someone who pretty much lived their whole life before the internet existed. And we always need a reminder. What other people think about me is none of my business. All right. In other news, former bachelorette Katie Thurston says she's starting a podcast. She said coming this month, kind of winging it and building from the ground up with our loyal listeners. Stay tuned for details. I'm insulted that she hasn't asked me for any advice. Doesn't she know we've been featured in Time Magazine, for God's sakes? Come on now. No, we'll be interested to see what her podcast is all about, and we'll share it. She says, goals for the new year, launch the podcast, host the TV show, move to LA, finish writing our TV show, more stage time with experienced comedians. I don't know what she means when she says host the TV show. Maybe she's got a TV show she's pitching, but either way, you know where to find the information when it comes out. I'll have it over here. I can't believe we're already wrapped for the day. There were so many stories I didn't get to. I'll be including them uh, first thing in the morning on tomorrow morning's Rush Hour podcast. But as always, thank you so much for sticking around on your Rush Hour drive home. I'm Dave Neal, and this is The Rush. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you didn't, don't. Join the free Facebook group, Dave Neal's Community. Got cash? Become a premium member at patreon.com slash Dave Neal. Link in the description below. And don't forget to follow Dave on Instagram at dneals for upcoming stand-up shows. See you tomorrow on The Rush.